the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are here to talk about the latest uh, stretch of Hallmark movies for Spring Fever. And uh, today we're talking about the non-royal movies. And uh, I'm Rachel, and Amber's here. Why, hello, everyone! <laughs> Pleasure to see you today. <laughs> All those royal movies are getting getting to ya. I know. You got to have a fake British accent. Otherwise, what's the point? That's right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about four different movies. And these actually aren't all Spring Fevers. It's kind of weird what Hallmark has done because they had like only like three movies for Countdown to Valentine's Day, I think. And but then they had Royal Hearts and, uh, and Wedding March 3 that were kind of, and then Love Once and Always, they were kind of in limbo. <laughs> they had no specified season. And then, uh, and then they have these movies for Spring Fever. And so we just kind of grouped them in different ways. We covered Wedding March 3 in our Valentine's Day podcast. And then we will cover Royal Hearts in the Royal podcast next week. And, uh, and Royal Matchmaker and so today we're talking about Love Once and Always, Sweetest Heart, Home by Spring, and August Creek, which was the Hallmark Movies Now world premiere that, uh, that we decided to cover. And <laughs> here's the thing that you guys might not realize, because you think they both like Hallmark movies. They both like the same thing. Like Hallmark movies are all the same. That's what my friends tell me, at least. But this is not true. <laughs> Your friends are big, fat face liar faces. <laughs> yeah. All Hallmark movies are not created equal. No, they're not. And as two different people with different backgrounds and different tastes and different things, we like different stuff. And so today, there are some things we'll agree on and some things we don't. And so we thought it would be fun if, after you watch the podcast, if you can tweet out which one of us, Team Rachel or Team Amber, you think made the most compelling or which one you agree with in our contentious movies we're gonna try not to be contentious like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to not fight we're saving that for later in the season for <laughs> hashtag fight night which is gonna be very serious yeah <laughs> consider this kind of a trial run but make sure you tweet out your response to and let us know what you think uh, about these various films and if you think we're crazy if you agree with me if you agree with amber uh, if you don't agree with either of us then let us know that will be fun so okay so the first one that we're going to talk about is love once and always and uh, this has a little description of when lucy when lucy windsor's childhood sweetheart plans to demolish her great aunt's gilded age estate and replace it with a golf course, she fights to preserve it. As they set out to find a compromise, they learn that embracing the past may be the key to protecting the future. And this movie looked like it had so much potential. You have Amanda Schul in her Hallmark debut and Peter Porte, who we love. And it, it was in Gift to Remember and Love at the Shore and a bunch of other talented people. It looked fun. It had a nice poster. But what was your response to this film? So like you said, I was super 
it like really ready for it. I told the guy at work that I, the old man at work who I talked to about these movies, um, that I was really excited for it, that he and his wife should make sure that they DVR it because it was going to be great. It had Peter Forte in it, Amanda Schul. And he's like, who's that? And I was like, the girl from center stage. You're, it's going to be so yeah. good. And it looks and great. The interview with Brendan Taylor and he made it, you know, like he was excited as you would be if you were in a movie. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I was expecting it to be funnier. Yeah. And I was disappointed <laughs> I don't want to say that it was terrible but it's hard not to <laughs> yeah. kidding. Like, it wasn't really terrible it was very middle of the road for me it wasn't great it wasn't awful it kind of just existed um, what do you think? yeah, it was very disappointing for me. I, it's not like perfect Christmas present bad. Um, it, it's, it's not engaging Father Christmas bad or anything like that, but it was, it was pretty mediocre. And I, I think it had a lot of potential, but my biggest problem with this movie is I felt like the conflict was so ridiculous. Like the idea that they would tear down, here they have this house that is being used to host this big, at a certain point in the movie, host this big gala, you know, like, like it's a beautiful house. Like the idea that they're going to tear it down for a golf course is so ridiculous. And I just never could buy that that was a plausible plan or something. I don't know. It just seemed so insane to me. And I felt like, I felt like she was way too focused on like material possessions over like the relationship. Like it mattered too much to her that he liked the same stuff or that he valued the same stuff. Like stuff is stuff, you know, like a relationship. She seemed to care more about the stuff than she cared about him to me, even by the end to me. And, uh, and so I, I don't know, it just, she kind of came off as kind of selfish and, and, uh, and he was just so ridiculous with this golf course idea that that was, I just couldn't quite overcome it. Yeah. And also their solution, like, we'll just level these amazing grounds and put in a golf course was so stupid. <laughs> Talking about my secret Valentine or whatever that was called with yeah. Lexi Chabert and Andrew Walker, that train wreck. Yeah. Um, we were like, is it worse to have good tools and just ruin them? Or to make a mediocre show that starts out mediocre and it just does the best that it can. And it's obviously worse to have Peter Porte and Amanda Schul and waste them and put them in this stupid... You think this is worse than Secret Valentine? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's like worse than if they had mediocre people and did the best they could with it. Whereas they had Mm -hmm. these amazing tools and they were like, that's all we need. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's true. And uh, it was also kind of, this is just, a, this is a super nitpick, but I thought it was sort of weird. Uh, I don't know what it is with them changing the dress colors. They'd like going all Sleeping Beauty on these posters at times. Cause like the 
dress in the poster is blue, but in the movie, it's pink. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm Team Merriweather, so hashtag blue dress. Yeah. Um, they did but... the same thing with Danica at Christmas. I don't know. I just think that's funny. Like, I, Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they just make the weirdest choices. Yeah. And I, I don't get it, but it... It was, it wasn't great for me. No. They, their storyline wasn't that great. They were just like kind of rude to each other for no yeah. reason. Not even like fun rude, just yeah. irritating rude. Um, I, I did like when she played darts and she was like, yeah, I am not left-handed either. Like she went full Inigo Montoya on her and yeah. switched hands, which was funny, but that was pretty much the high point of the whole show like i didn't even love the sheep what are you thinking when you don't it was basically it was basically all of my heart but not as good well and also autumn in the vineyard too you know autumn vineyard has the llama it does sharing the house and whatever that they get and and yeah she's get she she has that scene where she's dancing with peter porte and she has a pocket in her dress, which is like unheard of. And she answers her cell phone. You're like, I the near kiss is a thing. I get it, but come on. Yeah, I don't know. It <laughs> was your cell phone in your dress with pockets. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not my favorite. This one was not one we disagreed on. We agreed on this one. <laughs> but let's see how closely we agreed. Rachel, how many crowns did you give this? two crowns oh interesting yeah i have it at number 16 on my ranking i gave it 2.5 crowns pretty close you're a little higher but yeah i mean Um, and that's just pretty much the porte boots like (laughs) except for his hair looked dumb sorry peter porte's hair stylist which one do you like better this or love of the shore if you're talking a Peter Porte show, a showdown. Ooh, I think Love at the Shore. Yeah. Because kids were cute, I thought. No. I mean, the lady hated the kids, which is, <laughs> that was the, but the plot in was at least kind of fun. Yeah. There were, it was, it was just more fun, I think. Yeah. Whereas this just kind of felt terrible. Yeah. <laughs> So I ended up with it at 16 in my rankings. I have it after fixed uh, Deadly Dean with 15. And I have uh, the Emma Fielding, Past Malice at 17. So that one was very boring to me. All righty. So let's talk about The Sweetest Heart. <laughs> so this film was based on a book by a woman named Catherine Lanigan, who then did the adaptation. And I read the book because I really liked this movie. And <laughs> the, the book isn't great. <laughs> it's not good. But uh, I, I kind of will explain why I, things I liked about the movie. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. the things I liked, I really thought that all three couples were fun. I enjoyed all three. I liked uh, you had uh, Maddie, Julia Gonzalo, uh, and, uh, and Nate. Uh, Chris McNally, who I, I've liked them in a lot of other stuff. So I like Julie, Julie in Pumpkin Pie Wars, and I like 
uh, Chris McNally in Rocky Mountain Christmas. He was the brother that I was so excited about in that movie. And I thought he was equally hot here. And, and then you had Tammy Gillis and, uh, and Clayton Chitty, who were another couple. And I kind of liked that all three couples had like different conflicts. Like one was a married couple. One was this couple that had this past uh, meeting, meeting up again. And then you had Andrea Brooks and Jordan Burchett who were like, he didn't recognize her and they'd gone to high school together. And I thought they were really cute together. And I liked all three of those. I liked Victor Zink as Alex, the wrong guy. I thought that that was really well done. And so overall, I just thought it was really charming and a, uh, a fun, fun movie. I, I thought the, I thought the script was pretty fun. And I thought that the, uh, all the women had good chemistry together, like Andrea and Julie and Julie and Tammy, you know, <laughs> had good chemistry together. And uh, so those were the things. I have a few negatives, but those were all the reasons why I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, not so much. Um, and I just didn't really buy the relationship between Maddie and Nate. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> um, I didn't feel anything for them. And I thought she was just being really irritating, frankly. That's fine. But, like, the thing that made me not like this movie a lot was we were still doing freaking exposition halfway through the movie. I mean, and they started the movie with a prologue, which a prologue's job is to be like, here's half my exposition done. I don't need to have established the relationships between characters. And it was so crazy. Like, for the, for the first half of the movie every scene was just people talking about how everyone was connected to each other. Like, it does not make sense that Sarah, her best friend, would be talking to her about Nate and saying, Nate, you know, you know the guy who you broke up with four years ago, who you almost married? That Nate, right? Remember that Nate? Remember your history with him? And not in like a um, what you're making the same kind of mistakes kind of way. See, I like, like let me just refresh your memory because that doesn't, I would not say to you, Rachel, you know, remember that time we did a podcast together? <laughs> like we would not need to be rehashing this stuff. No, this is my friend that I see every day. If she was like, I saw Nate today. And then Julie Gonzalo could have been like, it's been, it's so weird seeing him after four years or I'm totally fine. It's been four years that would be okay. But it was Tammy Gillis being like, let me inform you, AKA the audience, but really you, my best friend, about your history with this guy. Like it was, and it just kept happening over yeah. and over and over. But haven't you ever had that friend who gets engaged and then all of a sudden thinks that they can like, they know everything about getting married and dating and, and wants to give you like tons and tons of advice. That's if it was I just thought. that one time I could excuse it. But this movie had exposition all the time, forever. <laughs> like, this movie was basically way. only exposition, and I felt it was done so poorly. I felt like it was really sharp and kind of funny, and I thought that uh, they they had, there's, there's a couple, I have downsides, but I actually liked the dialogue. I thought it was kind of classic romantic comedy kind of banter. 
And I, I really, that's how I felt about the Tammy Gillis character. I felt like she was that uh, friend who gets engaged and then thinks they know how you should run your dating life and how you should get together. And the way that they did it is the right way. And, <laughs> and so that's how I kind of, I kind of took her character and Andrea Brooks, like, I, I thought that, I don't think they have too much exposition on her character and their I mean, relationship. That was cute, right? They just kept feeding us chunks of her history with Charlie for, like, the whole movie. Oh, I, I mean, thought- I'm sorry. I don't need to know about someone's history, like, in a movie. Uh, like, I don't need, it's not a mystery movie. You don't have to keep history from us. Like, the whole point of these movies is to see people's relationships grow, and if they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you know that history we have, over and over and over. But she's just, she's like, she's the first insecure that he will recognize her, and then the fact that he completely doesn't recognize her, uh, she's like, oh, wow, I guess I was really forgettable, and I think that totally makes sense, like, I can imagine feeling that way, like going to a, a high school reunion or something like that. Like you kind of want people to remember you, but then you also kind of don't because you were like really nerdy, whatever, in high school. And Well, I guess these are just the troubles of people who weren't, you know, on <laughs> student senate and in musicals. So I thought Chloe and Charlie were super cute. And- no, they were easily the best part of the show. Yeah, and I love Chris McNally. I think he is so handsome. So I guess that's part of it. Like, I loved him in Rocky Mountain Christmas, another movie we really disagreed with. Um, But I thought that him and Julia had pretty good chemistry, and they were kind of cute. And, like, the scenes with them baking, and and, uh, I thought were fun. I know. I enjoyed it. (laughs) I just don't understand. Like, so she got, I mean, even to this point, the reason why they broke up was still so stupid because he like decided he didn't want to be an architect and he wanted to study medicine. So he was going to have to do more years of schooling. And she was like, no, bye. Hate you forever. Like that was why they broke up. (laughs) And then she's like, I refuse to date long distance. And I'm like, He's in Boston. He's not in Kuwait. (laughs) Like, I'm so, she's just so irritating. That is probably one I know she has a bakery that's like in this special place, but literally you can make cupcakes anywhere. And it's just, I don't know. I was, I didn't love it. And nothing you're going to say is going to make me love it, Rachel. You're just not. It was full of exposition. Charlie and Chloe were cute, but we hardly spent any time with them because they just made Chloe be ridiculous and Charlie was just like not gonna ask her out on a date. Like that dude was would be asking her out on a date the first time he saw her. Are you kidding me? Anyway, it's I, fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm getting too loud. No, you're fine. No, I <clears throat> I don't know. I just I I just really liked these three couples and and that's okay. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was talked with exposition. I thought it was like witty banter between the characters. I uh, The downsides for me, like it's not a perfect movie, but the downsides for me was that I did think that the conflict with Tammy, even though I liked them and her and Clayton as a couple, I liked them. And I liked the fact that it was a married couple. It was Like I said, I liked the fact that these They're three not married. Or engaged. I liked the fact that these three couples were different and in different stages. And I thought that was kind of fun. But anyway, and 
but the thing I felt like she had kind of unrealistic expectations of what to expect from a fiance with wedding planning. Like the fact, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like, it seems like to me, if you can get your fiance to go to the venue and see it, like he's not going to, I mean, I, none of the men that I know are like super gung ho about wedding venues, you know, like, Oh my gosh, it was so, that was really funny. It wasn't <laughs> supposed to be when they go into this basically conference room yeah. and they're like, Oh my gosh, isn't it amazing? And yeah. I was like, what with the wood paneling on the wall? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have fake wood paneling behind me, but like, I'm not trying to sell my backdrop as a beautiful wedding venue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you could make a beautiful wedding venue. You could make, you know, beautiful linens and beautiful uh, twinkle lights and stuff. You can make it pretty, but like, I don't know. I just think it's very unrealistic to expect him to have all these opinions and really care about most of this stuff. Most yeah, men I, I know. Mean, it's not like care. the, I mean, really the place they took him, it was, it was just basically a generic hotel <laughs> conference room. Right. I don't yeah. know why they were expecting him to be like, oh, this is it. This <laughs> yeah. is the place. It's right. not like they took him to even like a fancy place with pillars and stuff. Yeah. It was just super run of the mill. Yeah, exactly. That's like me showing you this and being like, Rachel, isn't this the most <laughs> beautiful blank piece of paper you've ever <gasps> seen? <laughs> yeah. And I, the other thing that I do, I, I thought was ridiculous is the cupcakes all sounded, almost all of them sounded disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I know why your bakery's failing, chick. Pine nuts and rosemary. Like, that sounds so gross. Like, who wants to eat that in a cupcake? Like, chocolate and peanut butter. That's okay cupcake. Yellow cake and chocolate. Good cupcake. Red velvet cake and cream cheese. You don't need rosemary in your cupcake. That's disgusting. Who who are the people writing for Hallmark food? Because honestly, (laughs) stop putting plants in my food. Like there's a thing called lettuce and salads and vegetables. And those are plants that can go in food. Stop being like, I'm putting in some, (laughs) like there, she literally put twigs in her food. Like, who's going to be like, yum, I love being poked by a pine needle. Like, basically, they need to have all weird food. Like, they need to run it over with Christy Will before they put it into a Hallmark movie. This is what I've learned, because she's the only one who seems to be able to pull it off. With, like, any other time they've done weird food, it's just sounded so disgusting. <laughs> About this movie is the lady who plays the investor... Is the gonna investor on One Calls the Heart? Yeah, isn't that random? She's just like Jill the investor lady. <laughs> Her name's Jill Teed. Jill Teed, yeah. So she, yeah, this week she's also playing an investor on One Calls the Heart. So oh, I yeah. thought that was random. And I liked her. First she, of all, I feel fun. like they. I don't understand why anyone would invest in her failing cupcake business, <laughs> and let alone for an expansion. Yeah, because it's failing. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with you there about that. I do agree with you about that. I mean, I guess what I can say is I'm going to assume that her cupcake business will still fail because she's not going to suddenly get more people to buy her gross cupcakes. And in two years, once it actually fails, then he can go and be his, you know, figure out how to stop heart attacks 
and do that yeah. important work instead of just being at the hospital supporting her lame cupcake dream <laughs> and then they can have a normal life yeah not about her stupid cupcakes <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so I guess this movie it just kind of comes down to, did you like the dialogue? Which I did. You didn't. Did you like the couples? Which I did. You didn't. And there you go. Uh, so uh, what? how many crowns did you give this film? I mean, I feel like you're going to think I'm giving it no crowns, but honestly... I gave it 2.7 crowns. Okay. I didn't want to actually die while I was watching it. It was just, there was so much stupid exposition. We didn't talk about Victor Zink yet, sorry. And he is amazing and he did a great yeah. job. So and I like, I thought they, 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 uh, I thought it, they handled him well. I thought yeah. it was a nice breakup scene. And I kind of thought that like at the end, maybe like him and the investor lady would get together because they had like a lot in common and they were kind of standing next to each other at the end and so that would be really fun um <laughs> but i uh he was the best part of the show for me and he was yeah. barely in it he he was fun and so yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was really i loved the cast and i liked i thought it was really romantic and i thought it was fun the, the dialogue so i disagree with you on that um, so I actually gave it 4.25 crowns and I have it at number four on my ranking. I have it after one winter weekend, which I gave the edge because of the diversity in that movie that, so that's number three. And then I have Science Seal delivered the world less traveled at five. So in my ranking. So there you go. This one <laughs> that we're going to talk about is home by spring. So <laughs> this uh, movie uh, is about an ambitious event planner and gets an opportunity she can't refuse. Kind of true. She goes undercover, kind of true, as her boss and returns to her rural hometown with the help of her family and the man she left behind. She pulls off the perfect spring retreat, but will she discover home is where her heart is? So I went first on the last one. You go first on this one. Yeah, so this movie stars Poppy Drayton, who has been in, who was in the, like, When Calls the Heart movie, not mm -hmm. the actual TV show, so she was Elizabeth Thatcher, the original Elizabeth Thatcher on Hallmark, um, and so she's really cute. And she, I thought the girl from Lost was Elizabeth Thatcher. No, she's a different Elizabeth. She's like Aunt Elizabeth, Maggie Grace. yeah. I've she's never seen it. She's oh. like Elizabeth Thatcher's aunt. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> you guys, obviously, I'm a better Hallmark fan than Rachel. So, and it has Stephen R. McQueen and Mary Margaret Hume, Humes and a bunch of other people, and we'll get into them also because they're amazing, and Rachel's really excited because Brooks of Brooks and Dunn is in it. But I was really hyped up about this just to begin with because Stephen R. McQueen is in it, whom I love. Like, he's mm -hmm. on The Vampire Diaries, or was, back when it existed, and I love him, even though his character was terrible for, like, the first four seasons and he was only on six of them or something. Um, but I love him. I think he's very handsome. He's Steve McQueen's grandson, which, like, you know, he has a heritage. And also, Mary Margaret Humes was Dawson's mom from Dawson's Creek. Like, hey, Gail Leary, how's it going? 
So I was pretty excited about it just to begin with, based on the cast alone. And then as I was watching it, the cast just kept getting better and better and better. It included Mike from Twilight, um, who arguably the humans are the best part of all the Twilight movies. And plug, you guys, we're going to be talking Twilight pretty soon. We're going to have a special. Anyway, um, so just based on the cast alone, I was already primed to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Unlike Rachel, I enjoy these kinds of shows where people lie. I think they're hilarious. I love lying. It's my favorite. Um, like, I love the shows where people have to pretend that they're in love, and Rachel's probably like, oh, they lie. How rude. Um, anyway, so this movie is basically just like so many lies and schemes stacked on top of each other because. Loretta pretends to be her boss and so that she can help these people pretend like Paul is outdoorsy to his, the guy he wants to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. And so they, it's just like a bunch of convoluted lies and it's so funny. Like not hilarious funny, but a little bit funny. And the town, the the house where they live is beautiful, first of all. The set, like I don't, I'm sure they filmed it on location because you can't get those like weeping mossy trees Mm. in Canada. Um, So I really enjoyed it and I just liked it. I thought, I thought it was really funny and like a lot of the parts where it needed to be funny. There were some parts where it was just like weird, but I thought it was so funny, especially her boyfriend Howard was the funniest thing in the universe. I don't care what you say, Rachel. I'll fight you on this later. Um, so ultimately, I just, it was just pretty good, and I liked it. Rachel? I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought this was one of the worst ones that we've ever watched for this show. I'm gonna, I, I, I thought this had such a convoluted plot. I thought that the I mean, they literally have, she's sitting down with this person that she, this client. The first thing he says is, I hate liars. (laughs) And this lie is completely unnecessary. All she has to do is say, hey, look, I have all this experience and I'm trying to make it on my own. I'll give you a deal. Let me, let me do this. And it's just the whole concept that they are all like, planning this ruse to try to convince Kix Brooks that this guy is a nice guy was such a stretch. It was so ridiculous. It reminded me of the ridiculous journalist subplot in Engaging Father Christmas. I thought it was that bad. And I just thought the idea that she would go back to her hometown and expect everyone to lie about her, including her mother, was so absurd, so ridiculous, and I thought that everybody except for Kix Brooks was unlikable and shrill and didn't have any chemistry at all, I didn't think. They had, I didn't think that her and Steve, Stephen McQueen had any chemistry. I thought he was super unlikable and difficult and rude the whole time. And I couldn't really blame him because she's asking him to do these ridiculous things. I didn't think that the boyfriend was charming. I thought that he, I thought it was really awkward and uncomfortable. And like, he's I did not say charming. I said hilarious. I did not think it was funny. I thought it was really uncomfortable and awkward. And 
I, I thought it was super awkward when her mom is, is like saying, saying, oh, well, I love you. And if, if I was talking to my daughter, I would be, I would say that I loved her or whatever. And it was just like, what are you doing to your family? Like to your friends, like you're a bad person. This is a really kind of mean thing to do. And it was just such a stretch. And, and like literally, I think, I mean, I liked Hicks Brooks and that his song was really good. And I thought that he, like, I joked on Twitter that I thought this felt like this was Hallmark's version of Get Out. Like this poor man taken to this and like just like treated like terrible by these people and uh and he was pretty good though i thought he was okay and i i had his song it was was good because he's a good singer um but i i really i just thought it was terrible i thought like for all those reasons that i said just super convoluted terrible story Terrible, like even like little things, you can tell I'm not like in a movie when I start to really nitpick. Like she's supposedly this big time event planner. And like that birthday party was a joke. That was, that would not cut it for like a Beverly Hills kid's birthday party. It looked like something you could get at Walmart for like 50 bucks and like a, a, a bounce castle that like didn't even work and wasn't serviced by anybody. And that's supposed to be the thing that's like, Ooh, we got to hire this lady. Cause she's so good at her job. Like that was ridiculous. And like the fact that her boss was like, Oh wow, you lied and pretended to be me and put our company in je jeopardy. But Oh, you, <laughs> you really, that really shows a lot of gumption. That shows a lot of uh, spirit. So I'm going to hire you. And I don't. I thought it was really bad. So I guess I should say that really convoluted plots like this um, remind me of the screwball comedies of yore, where everything is just big fat lies all the time, which I enjoy. Um, and also, I thought I just can't say how funny I thought Michael Welch was as Hot Howard. Like, first of all, he's just so ridiculous. I love when he's sending her off, and he's like. Oh, don't forget your vitamins. Oh my gosh, that so was so funny. Oh, but that was unintentionally funny. That was like no, he was being funny on purpose. No, that was the most ridiculous product placement I have ever seen in a Hallmark movie. Like he literally holds up this giant <laughs> fish oils. He's like, don't forget to take your fish oils. And then, like at the end of the scene, it says, "This this Hallmark film was brought to you by Nature Made Vitamins." It's <laughs> like, yeah, we get it. We know. Yeah, well, like, he's so funny. And the then when he in. shows up, and he shows up, obviously, because he was always going to show up. He's the wrong guy. And then he just busts out being Pierce. Mm. I died. I, I was like, yes, please give me another lie. It was so I, funny. I thought it was awkward, uncomfortable. You didn't know, like, is this guy being serious? Is he guy, like, I don't know. I just thought it was, I felt embarrassed for him as an actor and the character and yeah <laughs> and like just the things that this guy would supposedly do i i just didn't buy this whole premise that they're like manipulating this this man to like in this way to like be impressed with him and like it was just all so ridiculous i don't know i i, I just didn't like it at all but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Also, I want to say I thought Paul was hilarious as well. Paul dying on the hike was the best thing on the universe. 
So the end. Um, so Rachel, how many crowns did you give it? Um, I give it one crown for Kicks Brooks in the song. <laughs> All right, I gave it 3.3 .3 crowns. My ranking for Home by Spring is number 21. And that's all that I've watched this year. It's, it may be, I'm debating about whether I think it's worse than Mr. Christmas. It, it was that bad to me. I just thought it was horrible. Um, so 21, I would be shocked if there's a movie that I think is worse than that this year. Um, but we will see. Winter's Dream is no longer at the bottom. So congratulations to Winter's Dream, <laughs> which I really didn't like. Um, okay, so let's talk about August Creek. So this is a movie that's available on Hallmark Movies now, and uh, it is about a young widow returns home for the first time in three years to help prepare her sister for her sister's wedding. She is forced to confront her past, including the man she never expected to fall for. So this stars Courtney Ford in the lead. Um, this was obviously not made for Hallmark, because like no, it's like everyone's Hallmark debut. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then Ryan Caltagiron, I guess, is the lead guy, Nate. And we actually haven't talked about this one at all. So uh, what did you think of, uh, of this movie, Amber? I have no idea. Yeah, I know. So um, <laughs> overall, I thought it was fine. Uh -huh. It's not necessarily my brand of show, mm -hmm. I'll say. Um, it was a little maudlin and slow for me, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. It was interesting for what it was and like what it was trying to say and be. Um, I don't know that I necessarily really liked any of the characters that much, mm -hmm. but I don't have to necessarily like all the people if I can understand the people. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I felt like all of the characters were pretty well established and mm -hmm. so that I understood what they were doing and why they were doing it, even if I didn't agree with their choices they were making. Yeah. Um, so overall, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Mm -hmm. We're actually pr pretty close, I think, on this. Um, so I... So this is going to be spoilers. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, stop listening and uh, because I, I one of my big problems is a spoiler so the so I really actually thought that these two leads had good chemistry together and mm -hmm. I, I thought that they had actually two really good kisses which was nice um, which I'm a fan of of course you know and uh, and so I thought that they had a nice heart to them and they had pretty good chemistry and that worked I didn't love the sister and the you know I don't like insufferable brides and she was kind of like a weird version of the insufferable bride because she like didn't want things to be taken so seriously and yet she was really kind of annoying about it <laughs> yeah it's like just get married you people this <laughs> so hard i don't know <laughs> i so i didn't get super invested in that whole whole side of it of the uh, of the wedding and what was interesting is that the wrong guy scott at least according to IMDb, this is her first acting role ever. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was that, that that's pretty good for that. Yeah, Johnny Kramer, Scott. Yeah. He's really good. He uh he did a great job. He and he wasn't even like a bad choice. He was a yeah. fine option. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, good job, uh, good job, Johnny. <laughs> I'm very first roll. That's, that's pretty impressive. Anyway, and so all of that I I I was fine with. Um, but the thing that I didn't like is that I don't feel like it was necessary to make cheating on or almost cheating or whatever on her soldier husband who ends up dying. I don't think he needed to make it that to make the story basically the same. Like that's kind of a horrible thing to do. And like, uh, you know, he's out serving his country and I'm sure that that is true that there's temptation, you know, when your spouse is gone or whatever. And I can understand that, but like, I feel like you could have the exact same plot with them being like, say high school, um, loves or something like that. And then I, and then she's just this grieving widow and she's having a hard time like dealing with loving another person because she's, you know, feels like that's betraying her husband. So you can have all the same story beats, but not having, have them had this, we either kind of cheated or almost cheated or whatever. Um, and I was, uh, almost thinking about you when I got the news that he had died. Like that was just kind of like, Oh, to me, I, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I agree. Um, and I was like, so they had an affair. And then she says later on, like to Scott, she says to Scott, like when, uh, Seth was gone, we got really close and like nothing ended up happening, but it could have. But earlier they said, like, I was wondering if I was, I, was kissing you when that would happen. So I'm guessing like right before he got back, they kissed and then they were like, uh, no, bye. Yeah. Which I mean, to be fair, you obviously shouldn't kiss people who aren't your spouse, but if you kiss someone on accident, kind of, and then you're like, never again, (laughs) then it's like at least the better, the best choice you could make once you get yourself in that situation. But I don't know. I don't, it was it were, was really difficult. Yeah. I didn't I, feel like any of the characters were really all that rootable. Yeah. Except for Scott. And even then I wasn't like, yeah, I want Scott to be with her. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just I just I think they were trying like they thought that, that added like that added like a depth of character or something like that. They're like, oh, this isn't just a normal, this is like something more unique or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. I have no idea. But to me, it was just like unnecessary. Like you could, like said, you could have had the exact same story in this movie and have them just have missed their opportunities previously before she got married or whatever. And, uh, and, and she's just struggling as a widow to move on, you know, and then that, that, that would be, I think exactly the same. Yeah. And like, so. I also would have been fine with it if like, they just had like a love actually situation where nothing ever happened at all, but he was always in love with her. Yeah, that could have worked too. I agree with you. Yeah. Anyway, so it was, it was fine for me and I thought it was pretty well done. And despite the fact that it is not for me and how I would live my life I think the resolution with her sister and her sister's fiance's like proposal and wedding was 
pretty unique and sweet in that situation, even yeah. though it wasn't for me. Um, so really, I thought it was, I thought it was decent. I ended up giving it 2.8 crowns. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't hate it, but I will probably never watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a low maintenance wedding kind of gal. So like, uh, if you can tell, <laughs> so like that, I just was like, oh, this is, yeah, that was cool. It was just like the arguing and the drama that I wasn't as big a fan of, but the conclusion was kind of sweet. I agree. So, okay. Yeah. I have, we're basically the same on this. I have this at three crowns, uh, and, uh, I have it at number 12, uh, in my ranking. I have all of the Hallmark movies now together. I have August uh, Creek at 12, Valentine's, uh, The One Winter's Date at 13, and The Storyteller at 14. Uh, and I have Frozen in Love at 11. So there you go. So that is all four. Well, I think we behaved ourselves pretty well considering <laughs> considering what we thought yeah, overall, Spring Fever kind of left me a little lukewarm. Yeah. It's, it is probably, I'm trying to think, was, uh, yeah, because the, the Valentines, I mean, went, went, the Winterfest was definitely better, for sure, I think. And then uh, Valentines at least had the very, very Valentine, which we both loved. Yeah, there wasn't really anything that I super loved. And even the stuff I didn't like, it was just like, eh. Mm-hmm. I didn't like you, just like hate it for no reason, but. <laughs> hey, I gave lots of reasons. <laughs> so, okay, well, cool. So this week on Hallmark Channel, we have the next royal movie coming out with that is Once Upon a Prince. And we have both, uh, or you're reading, I read it. I read it. Uh, oh, you read it. You finished? Mm-hmm. So we have both read the book for this, and uh, it's a cute little book. And uh, so I, I think we're, we're both looking forward to it. I am actually really excited, <laughs> and the fact that I am so hyped up on it means it's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really nervous. I know. But I yeah, hope it's I good. I hope it's, I hope it's, I hope it lives up to this, the potential that the book offers because I could see this just being so great if they handle it properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the girl who's the princess is not my favorite. Uh, She's, she's, I don't hate her, but I kind of wish it was a different lead, but hopefully she'll wow me and it'll be fun. And the, the prince looks cute. So uh, yeah, that should be fun. And then we have a, another episode of When Calls the Heart. We have our When Calls the Heart recap coming up uh, tomorrow So with Ruth Hill. So you definitely want to check that out. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Marissa Serafini uh, on Monday. That was so much fun, do you think? Yes. yes. It was so good. Um, I actually, I just really loved it because, I mean, we sort of got off topic, but <laughs> it was just kind of super fun talking to someone who also really loves Hallmark and just just kind of going free for all style on you know all things Hallmark and related topics so yeah, it was really was, fun 
it was really fun. She's awesome. Hopefully we'll have her on again because uh, we really enjoyed it. And so next week on Monday, we're really excited. We are going to be having esteemed film critic, uh, Alonzo Duralde. He's on What the Flick and the Linoleum Knife podcast. And he has written a book about Christmas movies. And uh, we're really excited to talk to him. Very honored. And that should be a lot of fun. So I uh, definitely uh, look forward to that. And then next week, we will talk about the Royal Spring Fever movies on the podcast. And uh, so hopefully we will, we have Royal Hearts, Royal Matchmaker, and Once Upon a Prince. So there you go. And uh, Amber, where can people find you? Always, I'm at Amber Brainways on Twitter, and that's it. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. Check that out. I, we just, me and my friend Stanford posted our podcast on the Jungle Book this week. So uh, take a listen to that if you're interested in Disney. And then uh, make sure you're following us on social media here at the podcast on Hallmarkies Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we really appreciate it. And we try to post every single day and try to have live Twitter feeds uh, for every movie that we can. So thanks so much. And uh, we will talk to you all later. All right. Bye, Bye. everybody. Hashtag Team Amber. <laughs> Team Rachel.